0: SCP-7115 American Meat Object Class Neutralized Special Containment Procedures Paper recordings relating to SCP-7115 are currently stored in the Federal Bureau of Investigation's Unusual Incidents Unit, Secure Archive. Physical remains relating to SCP-7115 are to be stored in standard biological containment lockers per the recommendation of the current HMCL supervisor of Site-187. SCP-7115 is presumed to have been neutralized. Despite this, sightings of SCP-7115-A or SCP-7115-1 entities are to be treated as a high-priority threat. Description SCP-7115 designates a series of anomalous phenomena which occurred in 1908 at the Molson and Company meatpacking plant, a subsection of the meatpacking district of Chicago. The source of said phenomena is believed to have been an entity designated SCP-7115A, which at the time operated under the identity of Antanas Rimas, a Lithuanian immigrant and employee of the Molson and Company plant. Addendum 7115 1. Background. Molson and Company, founded in 1863 and dissolved in 1909, was a pork farming and packing firm, with its largest meat packing plant located in Chicago's Union Yards. The company primarily farmed and slaughtered hogs, but also manufactured products such as soap from slaughterhouse byproducts, doing so in factories adjacent to its main plant. Prior to the occurrence of scp 7115 the president of the company was Henry Hughes H.H. H. Molson. Following the publication of Upton Sinclair's 1906 novel The Jungle, which sought to advocate for socialism by portraying the exploitation of immigrants by the Chicago meatpacking industry and legislative action against the unsanitary nature of contemporary meatpacking, footnote 1, most significantly the Meat Inspection Act, And the Pure Food and Drug Act. Molson grew concerned that negative publicity, legislative action, and unionization would affect his profits. To this end, Molson influenced Harold Leslie, the editor of the Chicago Daily Courier newspaper, to publish articles opposing reform in the meatpacking industry. This culminated in a letter from Molson to Leslie, undated but likely sent in August of 1908, suggesting that Leslie send a reporter to the Molson plant, disguised as an employee, much like Sinclair himself did in order to research the jungle, with the aim of producing a first-hand account of the meatpacking industry, which would present the Molson Corporation positively and contradict Sinclair's book. Leslie recommended Sherman Hayes, a young reporter fluent in a number of the languages spoken by the immigrant workers for the task. He was to lodge with Jelna and Tomas Petulis, Employees of Molson & Company, footnote 2, respectively employed at the Molson soap-making factory and the meat-packing plant, who had previously spied on trade unionists on behalf of the corporation. Addendum 7115-2 Sherman Hayes' journal Hayes' stay at the plant from September to December of 1908 provides the clearest first-hand account of SCP-7115. Relevant excerpts from Hayes' notebook and journals are provided below. The P House, footnote 3, referring to the Petrullus couple, or rather shack, is shared between them and three ragged chickens which they feed on chicken scraps. A bunk in the main room by the stove under the story that I am a distant cousin come here to work. They have given me their warmest blanket. I would more happily take it if they did not go on about how it was the best they had. How they were at the service of the Molson Corporation and I, bowing and scraping like coolies. To do. Notes. In matter of. Work tomorrow. Street sketches of workers in area. Though less than luxurious, the inhabitants have constructed a neighborhood brimming with rustic, no, peasant conviviality. Praying I will hear some news of Kozowski here. Footnote 4. Presumably a misspelled reference to Joseph Kozowiski. An anarchist operating in the Chicago area wanted for his involvement in two attempted bombings of politicians. A story like that would make my fame, though God only knows if I will gain anything here except some exotic skin disease. Much to praise. In order of. Plant design efficiency. Consult plans for clearer description when returning to office. And administration. Am glad to hold a pen after hacking at pig carcasses for a day. Foreman was informed, in matter of, my presence. Do not hound me too hard as he did other workers. Even so, I am exhausted working at half their pace. Even with a lighter workload, I am exhausted. A thing I cannot find a kind description of is the smell. Sweat and flesh piled on flesh and pig shit, and steam from boiling lard still clinging to my face. Hungry too. So close to pound after pound of meat with... Nothing but thin soup for meals. Not that I would want pork knowing how the meat practically steams in its own sweat and slime for hours. The socialist voices of the press may argue for unionization and indolence, but the plant workers' actions demonstrate otherwise. Their industriousness is commendable. Twice in one day, I saw workers cut themselves butchering the slaughtered pigs, yet grit their teeth manfully and go on working would that more in this country had their grit and sufferance. Strange things seen. One man, Nikolai, lost a finger to an errant cut, but a wizened worker, long prophet's beard, vaguely like Whitman, grasped the finger and rejoined it to the stump, leaving not even a scar. Some parlor trick that. Two boys were crushed under a section of the factory's roof, which caved in this morning. From gossip seems to be an event which has occurred before, Pillars and supports widely known to be damaged. Previous deaths not reported to the courier as far as I know. Jelena says their names were Tavas and Raites. Brothers. The old man is called Antanas, some sort of shaman or unofficial leader. Better English than all other workers, Voice like a preacher. He was consoling Tavas and Raites' mother when Tomas and I arrived to work. Word amongst workers as relayed by Tomas the others do not speak in my presence, that we are going to a meeting spot outside worker shantytown tonight. Union meeting, perhaps? Must write down as proof it was all real. We met in the old man's house, bigger than the rest with a spread of their country's food laid out. Tomas and I arrived late, his wife tired. He was already speaking to the crowd, telling them not to grieve these deaths nor the other injuries their work had caused. A massed outcry in the congregation, which showed their injuries furiously. Stumps of hands, skin peeling from disease, children who were half-bone. God, the stench as they shouted and raved. The old man quieted them. Grief is no use, my friends. Tears will not feed or clothe us. Does your pain make you want death? I will show you how pain will save you. I thought he was a socialist and was busy thinking of the words which would best ridicule his claims when he drew the boy's mother from the crowd. She was sobbing, her dress filthy from working in the fertilizer plant. He produced a knife, the long, lightly curved sort used to cut swine open. You were willing to bleed for Molson once. Now you will bleed for all of us. And with a slash, he cut her belly open top to bottom through the skirt, and as the crowd surged forward and also back in horror, He reached in and parted the flesh, and out of the bleeding guts pulled forth a writhing piglet. The crowd quieted as the woman sobbed quietly still, and he reached in and this time a fat sow, squealing and thrashing, trotters tangled in and kicking her intestines, was dragged out on the ground. Elisbeta, don't cry. You bled once for a rich man. Now bleed for us all, painlessly, and let your blood bring life. And with those words, we all fell to and slaughtered the pigs as we had learned to do. The workmen are friendlier now, having seen me at that meeting. I was invited to sit with them, even tried their lunch of black bread and cheese, and compared war stories of the abuse the foreman had made us suffer. They used to look at me with suspicion, and for a moment, I rejoiced I was getting closer to these people. One even told me about how Kazowski and his anarchists were stockpiling dynamite in this shanty, to play it being Kozolgos. Footnote 5, a misspelled reference to Leon Zolgos, the anarchist who assassinated President William McKinley in 1901, clouding me round the head and laughing as if we had worked and shared jokes for decades. But I know the blood and guts business which earned me this acceptance, and the taste of raw pork is still slick on my tongue. The old man must know I do not belong, my face too clean cut and demeanor too inquisitive. Two men who were friends of Tomas volunteered to be cut open this time, saying it was better to die to feed their families than waste away. These workers being rheumatic from working in the chilling rooms, shivering even when they stood by the old man's stove and declared their willingness. He charged them to bring a third victim. and this night, we gathered to see them kneel beside two others, one the loath foreman, the other, from what the gossip in the room was saying, his son, both tied hand and foot, I jeered with them, and cursed the man and his son too, and spat on the boy's face as we paraded them through the meeting room, and they were all cut open, and blick-brassled hogs rose up out of their gashed open guts. We feasted on meat, and the four of them, still living, crying and praying as their guts dangled down to their knees, were dragged away by some of the man's acolytes. Plans to do more. Others offered themselves a sacrifice, making plans to hunt down others. Strangers and beggars, not even the staff at the plant to be brought as part of the feast. The scream of the boy, as a hog twice his size, reared its head from its stomach and ripped the boy's flank apart with its tusks. Something can nod up the peace chickens. Screaming pigs and roaring machines by day. Screaming men and women and children by night. The old man must know I am a spy. We are all just meat. These notes were deposited in a P.O. box used by Hayes, discovered following the investigation of the events surrounding the Molson factory. Addendum 7115 3 SCP 7115 1 SCP 7115 1 designates a population of organisms observed in the meatpacking district in autumn and winter of 1908. Contemporary autopsies indicate that recovered corpses were humanoid, but exhibited haphazard and asymmetrical mutations, rendering them superficially porcine in appearance. While scp 7115 one varied visually, all specimens possessed thickened epidermises covered in bristles, elongated faces terminating in boar-like snouts, and teeth elongated into multiple sets of tusks. Genetic testing of recovered skeletal material indicate that SCP-7115-1 share genetic material with baseline Homo sapiens, hybridized with traces of Sus domesticus, footnote 6, the domestic pig, Sus scrofa footnote 7, the wild boar, and Mitridio choeris, footnote 8, the giant warthog. SCP-7115-1 were reported roaming the meatpacking district, those sightings in other areas of Chicago were also recorded, usually operating nocturnally, in order to abduct civilians. While records from this period are fragmented due to distrust of law enforcement amongst the immigrant population and the dismissal of sightings as the result of superstition, it is believed that as many as 50 individuals may have been abducted in this phase of activity. Addendum 71154, Interview July 28, 1909. On December 15, 1908, the Irregular Threats Unit of the Bureau of Investigation, footnote 9, a unit of what would later be renamed the Federal Bureau of Investigation dedicated to monitoring anomalous threats, which was folded into the Unusual Incidents Unit following the formation of the latter, was notified of a horde of pigs and pig men rampaging in Chicago's meatpacking district. Reports described hundreds of SCP-7115-1 instances assaulting civilians indiscriminately and bisecting their stomachs with knives or their hands. A combination of non-anomalous swine and SCP-7115-1 instances would then proceed to emerge from the stomach of the victims. It is estimated that more than 200 individuals died in this phase of activity. Due to the lack of manpower, an organization of the then-Fledgling Bureau Attempts to liaise with the Chicago police force were haphazard. Ultimately, the impact of the Bureau and law enforcement on containing the anomaly was minimal, as all scp 7115 one entities and anomalously produced swine ceased life function in the morning of December 17, 1908, following the collapse of a section of the roof of the Molson & Company meatpacking plant. The clearest first-hand report of why this anomalous phenomenon ceased was provided by Jelena Petulis, who was found unconscious and severely injured in the ruined Molson factory and taken into the Bureau's custody. Following a lengthy recovery, she was permitted to give her testimony in Lithuanian, which was recorded and translated. Her testimony is excerpted below. The company told us to give the boy, the journalist, a place in our house or they would make public the fact that we had informed on Jasimir and Gentaltas. Footnote 10 referring to Jasimir Zakowski and Jantautas Petraviskas, two labor union organizers who were arrested in 1904 for allegedly planning to sabotage factory facilities. With that hanging over our heads, we were hardly concerned with what Antanas was doing. The old man did odd jobs around the factory. He was not related to any of us, but we all called him grandfather because he was gentle and knew remedies for all our ills. How to stretch our wages or... Heal a sick child, or mourn the ones we lost. I didn't go to that first meeting. I had intended to mourn with them. Lesbita being a good friend of mine, but that night I was sick with the fever. When Tomas and the boy came back with haunches of raw pork in a basket, I thought I was dreaming. I tasted it, and it was the finest, fattiest meat I'd eaten. Certainly not the worm-ridden stuff Molson sold. My fever passed in days. We didn't have the luxury of asking too many questions. Food was always short and the ones who died died willingly. The men went to work with a new shine of health in their faces and the children did not go to bed hungry for the first time in years. Then we began hearing that the men were killing workers who had not chosen to go to their deaths or strangers or company staff. There was more meat than ever for all of us. And then the boy came to me after the chickens had been mauled to death one night. He told me that he had hidden his notes away, in case something happened to him that night. I will confront him, he said, in his stilted school book Lithuanian. I need to understand, or to stop it if that is possible. Then, he apologized if he had caused us any harm or offense, and said that he only ever wanted to help the workers at the plant. So sincerely that I had no choice but to smile and thank him. There was a gauntness on his face even though he, like us, had grown fat on meat. He vanished that night. Tomás warned me. Warned me that what had happened to the boy would happen to me, but I did it. I hid my carving knife in my shawl and went to the old man's house. He was alone, wrapped in old fur, cutting slices from a piece of cured pork fat. My favorite treat when I was young. "'eat it on bread drizzled with a few drops of molasses. "'But when he offered me it, "'my stomach turned and I sat down without speaking. "'You are afraid, aren't you, of my children, "'who have learned to walk on their hind legs "'and forage for their own meals now.' "'He ate and went on talking. "'His accent had always been strange, "'sounding like it was from no place and every place. "'I am sorry about your chickens. "'You must have been fond of them.' When the world was young, I preached to people of better lives, but the world disabused me of that notion. Do you know what this country has taught me? It is that all of you can be made to willingly line up to be chopped up into meat. Every belief is just a machine. People go in one end, and bodies come out the other. Do you really think that the unions and the socialists and Kozolski anarchist bombers will save you from being slaughtered for some cause or another? No. It is the highest and noblest lesson of this great nation that all of you will choose to die and suffer, to become nothing but cuts of American meat. And there is only one escape from this system. And this is, I asked him. I remember that the knife slipped away from my shawl and clouded to the ground, but I did not pick it up. To be the one eating the meat, he motioned to his plate of cured pork fat. This pig, well... This was a well-bred one, from a good family. A little piglet who knew his letters. You knew him well. Won't you have a bite? I have some molasses to sweeten the taste. And I cannot describe how it happened, as if a light suddenly shone against his face. I saw what he was. Something monstrously old. A weeping red symbol was carved on his forehead, and when he stretched his hands out, white staring eyes were set in his palms. I shrieked and ran. All he did was laugh and snort and snuffle like a pig. May I please finish this interview later? I I don't feel well. No, I can continue speaking. Just some water, please. You know about the pigmen, how they burst out of our shanties, slaughtering every man and woman and child. I saw more die from the stampede and the crush than at the creature's hands, though the ones who did die cut open to birth more of those hideous things. I will pray from now on until the hour of my death. Tomas and I hid until the stampede of men and swine passed, and joined a handful of others, Frankovitz and his friends, who claimed to know where Kozowski's stockpile of dynamite was. The old man was holed up in the factory, they said. We would go in and... What the plan was, I cannot guess. Two of them, they... They were taken by those things before we got there. Woman I had shared meals with, torn open with meat hooks. All to get our hands on a pistol and three sticks of dynamite. But we took them and headed back towards the factory. This place was still where we made our home, after all. And we had no intention of seeing those things slaughter us to a man. Those... Pig creatures were ferocious, but slow-witted. Now that the crowd had escaped or been slaughtered, navigating around them was easier than it seemed, though we were almost given away when the sight of... of hanging bodies or trampled children or worse made us sick. No, I, I can go on. Just more water and a cigarette. Thank you. Yes, you must have seen how the old man or those creatures had hung the factory walls with bodies each one cut open, birthing screaming pigs under the ground, the building itself stranding and shaking, and panels from the roof clattering to the ground. The noise gave us cover until the handful of us found our way towards its center, where the old man had cleared a circle in the blood and filth. Before one of the pillars, where he had hung some idol, he was bowing and chanting. It was a word I do not know. I will try to say it. Aeon, aeon, aeon. The old man spotted my husband first. His expression was one of bafflement. I truly do not think he could understand why anyone would stand against him. But with a flick of his hand, faster than Tomas could pull a trigger. I looked away just in time, but in the corner of my eye, I saw him tearing apart like old cloth. We scattered, and I grabbed the dynamite and matches. Frankowitz drew the pistol, but a pig creature took all six shots with its body and closed the distance with him and plunged a meat hook. Where I found the strength I do not know, but I lit a match and touched it to the dynamite and tossed it. It landed by the pillar, some distance from him, and he only laughed. Nothing but meat, I remember him saying as he pointed his hand towards me. And then the dynamite exploded and the pillar fell at its base, and the roof tore and buckled, and I brought the entire fucking ceiling of the factory down on that creature's head. The Bureau of Investigation publicized a cover story that the scp 7115 event was caused by mass hysteria amongst workers. Molson and company was dissolved in 1909 following the scp 7115 event. H.H. H. Molson died in a car accident the same year, an event heavily rumored to have been a suicide. The Chicago Daily Courier, having lost its most prominent corporate backer as a result, likewise ceased operations in 1913. To obscure her involvement in the event, Jelena Petulis was indicted for criminal damage of property, dying due to complications of pneumonia in prison in 1914. Due to the cessation of life functions in all SCP-7115-1 instances, SCP 7115 A is presumed neutralized. However, the fact that a non anomalous human was able to survive the factory building's collapse suggests the possibility of the entity's continued survival. Thank you for listening to SCP 7115 American Meat by Orbis Tertius. If you enjoyed this SCP, please like and subscribe, and follow the link in the description to the SCP wiki. Also, I'd like to give a special shout-out to all my members, Powerless, Last of the Four Horsemen, Stephanie Miller, Senescence, and Crescent Wolf. Anybody that's a member of Confidential or Higher gets to enjoy a Saturday release as well. If you would like to join, there's a link in the description. Thank you.